Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. We had a week off last week because we're all super busy, but me and Jay are here this week to stuff your stocking full of wrestling chat. How's it going, Jay? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. My dog is going mental for some reason. She, she knows. She can probably hear me, mate. She loves me. So. Probably, probably joining the, the podcast. So. <laughs> so, because we missed last week, we're going to start off uh, with a belated sort of look at Winter is Coming. So, this was the big show that aired last Wednesday night. Uh, obviously, headlined and most almost half sort of encompassed by. Adam Page versus Brian Danielson for the AEW World Title uh, went to a 60-minute time limit draw, the longest oh. ever AEW match. Um, this this was fucking something else. In a week where Ring of Honor maybe died, this was a fitting send-off tribute for it, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it like was. Watching, it was like watching Tyler Black meet Davey Richards again. Yeah, it, it was. It was like um, one of those like kind of classic like Ring of Honor matches that Danielson would have had. Um there was there was a callback to that that awful spot with uh, Nigel McGuinness. Oh god. Where he grabbed his wrist and just pulled them in head first into the uh, ring post. Yeah and Hangman gigged off that as well and then uh, Brian <laughs> just like it was like really horrible visual where Brian like had his head against the turnbuckle and just squeezing the blood out with his foot. Yeah it, it was upsetting. Um Hangman bled everywhere by the way it was, it was great. Um, Hangman bled everywhere um, for the most part of the match, Brian was beating the shit out of them. So it settled into kind of a rhythm, didn't it? Where like Brian, yeah. had, like Brian had batter Hangman for a bit, then Hangman had time to fight out of it, and then Brian had just lock him in like a really gnarly submission for like thirty seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, the the thing for me, which was just like the biggest like thing, like sign of Danielson's endurance, was that he skinned the cat and like like minute fifty five or something like that. Yeah, like with like a minute left to go, <laughs> fifty-nine minutes. He, I mean, he looked like he could have gone another hour at the end of this. Like Hangman was, Hangman was breathing hard. Hangman was a broken man. Danielson looked like he had, he barely broke a sweat. It was um, incredible. It was incredible. It was a testament. I mean, it's, it's really hard to look past Brian Danielson as the best wrestler in the world right now, really, isn't it? When you see him in a match I like this, God, he's got to be in the argument. Like he, he has to be. Um, this match was incredible. Like uh, I mean, it, we can't even begin to describe like the flow of the match because it was literally as long as like an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was. Um, but I, I think you did, you did quite a really good way of summarising it there, where it was mainly Danielson just just toying with Hangman for the most of the match, and then Hangman would have like a few like explosive flurries, and then. Danielson to get back on top. He did he did uh, the bigger card thing that didn't he? He had a really good like last two minutes, which is like always a card thing. Yeah, I I have a feeling they're gonna try and make this their a card their Omega. I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if like then if the next match Hangman barely wins it, 
Yeah, like because obviously I, here he like he was literally going for the cover, isn't he? As the bell rings, like yeah. he, he hits a buckshot in the ring, he hits a buckshot from outside in, and then like Brian's dead on the floor, and he's literally about to put his hand. He's got his hand in the air to make the cover, and the bell goes. So they t- and they timed it beautifully. Like they couldn't have yeah. timed it better. Yeah, um, th- there was also uh, as well, and this was about the halfway point where Hangman like dived off the top. Oh yeah, when he etched onto, into the table. Yeah, onto Danielson and missed and just went through a table. Also, he went through. He went into like he, just, he, he was sort of like standing up when he hit it, and like his stomach went like right to the side of it. Yeah, which was incredibly upsetting. And he like kind of hit. He kind of like crumpled on it, and like sort of his face hit the top of it, and his like stomach at the side of it. Yeah. Just before that as well, he did do a dead eye onto the apron, which was scatty. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was nasty. And a couple of nice Harry uh, Harry moonsaults to the outside, and Brian did some dives, and uh, yeah, Hangman threw, hang, Hangman exposing the business when he, uh, he pulled back the, the dynamite branding on the guardrail, we saw the Rampage underneath. We saw Rampage, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it was, I mean, the thing is, whatever we say about this match, we're not going to do it justice. No, just, just watch it. it. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely one of those things where it's like just watch the match. Like it had everything. Like Danielson kicked out of the book, uh, the Dead Eye. Um, Page kicked out of the Psycho Knee. Uh, Page hit a yeah. power bomb, which was super cool. Yeah, that was really nice. I mean, we haven't even talked about like the commentary between from Taz and Excalibur for this match. God, was Taz and Excalibur outstanding in this match. It was phenomenal. As with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. But- Specifically, like, like Taz's like um, insider insight, like you know his his knowledge of like how all these moves be affected each competitor's body and how it hurt yeah. them and what it. Like, it's like there was a lot of um, Danielson spent a lot of time working on Hangman's shoulders so he couldn't use the buckshot, but then Hangman turned it around and spent a lot of time working on Danielson's knees as well, so he took out the psycho knee. Yeah, and the lapel lock. And the lapel lock. Um, yeah, that there was a. There was also as well like a little kind of. Almost like a, a jab at like uh, John Cena and the Nexus thing where Danielson uh, hit a DDT on the exposed concrete and then Paige was back up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was superb. That like legitimately one of my matches of the year. It was. I mean, outstanding. It started out like a little slow for like the first five minutes, but as soon as they got into it, it was just yeah. non-stop towards the end. But that that was like Danielson and Kenny though. It started off like a little bit like where they were just kind of like trying to figure each other out. And it had that big match feel, like the, the fans. It felt like yeah. you know when you watch like you're a football fan, you when you watch like a cup final and like both yeah. teams start off like the like it's it's the you can feel the pressure in the air and the fans. Yeah. It starts off like really cagey, people just passing it around the midfield, sort of trying to figure it out. That's how it, and then it just all of a sudden it just went bam, and it just went full throttle them for the rest of the match. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, everyone was very like sort of like highly the fans especially were like very highly strung up like during the start of this match, and that's what like. Because they, they've managed to do it where Hangman and Brian Rip really haven't touched. Yeah. They, they had, like, that little bit where they, like, punched each other at the start of, like, like the, the night after full year. And they had that little tiny meeting, like, the night the week before. But apart from that, like, they've done a really good job of not only just not only keeping them physically apart, but keeping them apart for the most part. When they've met, on like, in the ring, it's only been very brief. They haven't had like an MGF CM Punk bit where they've stood and chatted at each other for like 20 minutes. It's been literally like two or three minute little back and forths, and then Brian's just gone, fuck this, and you know, yeah. it off. Well, Brian doesn't need to do that though, does he? No. He's quite he's quite like capable of just letting his wrestling do the talking. 
And like halfway through this match as well, he's like, he's like, well, Hangman spends quite a bit of time on the outside, like after he starts bleeding. And like, during the break, he's getting checked on by Doc Samson, and Brian's just in the ring doing like jumping jacks and push-ups, and like yeah. winding the crowd up. Which is, he's, having, even, he's, he's just having the best time as a heel, isn't he? He's having an absolute yeah. whale of a time. Oh, it's, it's this is full on like Ring of Honor, American Dragon, Brian Danielson. This is like before before he got signed by WWE. And I think this uh, is the best Brian's ever been. Oh, absolutely. Because the thing was, though, like, he's improved there. Excuse me. He's improved his kind of... is almost, almost like a psychological game. Yeah. His wrestling acumen was always there. Like, we always, we always knew he was, like, an incredible technical wrestler. But... I think him going to WWE is really kind of like forced him to become better at like his talking and his his psychology. Um, not so much in like in like a self-contained match like this, but like just in general, like what drives his actual character. Yeah. Um, and I think he's like because he said he always said like when he was in WWE, it felt like it was a it was like him doing a parody of professional wrestling. Yeah, which was like obviously a lot more like pantomime and a lot more kind of a lot less what he's good for now, which is just stamping on people's heads and like doing lots of really good nasty looking submission holds, and like a lot more kind of oh yeah, well I've got to do like my hope spot, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Um, I think he's he's certainly a lot more well rounded now. He's come gone back to working that style that we worked before WWE but with kind of the WWE stuff that he learned yeah helping him like you said, he's, he's, learned, he's got a lot more personality now he's got a lot more yeah sort of like you say you, you can you can tell the difference between like face Brian and heel Brian more so than just like the move. like it's everything in that is moveset and like the way you, even because the way he handles himself in the ring the way he conducts himself he's, he's become really good at like Give that differentiation. Uh, another quick shout out before we move on. Then um, I like I really like the bit near the end as well. After Paige hits the dead eye, and Brian kicks out, and he's sort of like on the floor, and then Paige grabs him by the wrist and like shouts to the crowd, "Let's kick his fucking head in!" Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to stomp on Brian Anderson's face for a, a good while. Which there was, was a lot, of, a lot of lovely stomps in this match. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah, excellent yeah. match. Um, it's going to be on probably both of our match <laughs> of the year list, I imagine. Yeah. I know Aaron didn't like it, but Aaron's not a wrestling fan. It's because it, it had too much wrestling. I mean, no one shoved any bread he, he did say ass. He did say that. He was like, oh, there's too much wrestling. And this was like, maybe it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally, then, this is this is textbook wrestling. If you look up wrestling in the dictionary, this yeah. is what you'll find. He, he also he also did say like the last like two minutes was banging. Yeah. Aaron just wants, in, he's, like, he's that generation, right? He just wants his uh, instant Aaron, gratification. Yeah. Aaron doesn't like slow builds and stuff. He wants it like just like full throttle from like the get-go. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He doesn't like the kind of like slowly feeling out process that sometimes these match, like longer matches have. Bloody kids! Uh, damn kids! Doesn't even know who the fucking pixies are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, after, after this we got a, a super click backstage segment. Um, yeah, with the Adam Cole and the young bucks just burying the best friends. <laughs> um, and they they made a challenge to um, to them on. Rampage, an eight-man tag uh, with Superclick and Bobby Fish challenging uh, all the best friends except for Wheelie User. Yeah. Because Rocky's there now. Um, and then Adam Cole says he's got a 
a great Christmas gift to give to the books next week. Uh, this is after, this is after Matt Jackson threatens to super kick Sue as well. He did. They threatened to retire Sue, which monsters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I wonder what that bet. I wonder what that uh, surprise could be. We'll find out in about we'll, twenty minutes or so. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> um, Next up, then Wardlow just power bombs the ever living piss out of Matt Seidel. Yeah, more power bombs, please. It's just great. Um, Sean Spears walking around like a white collar coke dealer, <laughs> um, being a chair pervert, just beating the shit out of Matt Seidel. Right, mate, the only source was mates. It's fine. Yeah, just to MJF. The people he knows. Um, but yeah, Wardlow, I mean, Wardlow, Wardlow's going to be the first person to turn face by powerbomb people to death, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, not the first. Like, it, it's reminded me of when um, Batista turned face. Yeah. Back in, like, 2005, where um, he, like, gradually was, like, just basically just destroyed people with Batista bombs a lot. And, like, lariats and then Everyone's like, oh, yeah, this, this shit's cool. And then eventually he did turn face and just beat the shit out of love and shit out of Triple H. And I feel like there's a lot of a lot of parallels with Wardlow and Batista anyway. Yeah. And if, like the fact that he's going to be turning on the pinnacle like Batista turned on Evolution is very similar to that. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it, it works, so... After the match, um, Sean Spears comes in with the chair, hits Sidar with it, does spooky pervert chair things. Tell Wardlow to go get the champagne for him. Yeah, well, yeah, he gets rang by MJF and then tells Wardlow he has to go pick up champagne for when MJF wins later. Uh, next up, then we had Ty Conte, Penelope Ford, little video package, which is quite cool. Sort of sets up um, their submission match they're having on Rampage, which yeah, look forward to that. Uh, and then, oof, a little Malachi Black spooky oof. promo. Oh, this was awesome. Uh, if you give me a moment, I can tell you exactly what was said because he's released the t shirt with it on. Yes, it was the rules of the House of Black, wasn't it? It was the rules of the House of Black. Um, so he's walking through like a spooky, like you described it as like a cult leader house. So it's like very like middle of nowhere, like big, like sort of American, not so much gothic, but like sort of colonial era American house. It, it reminded me of like um, like the David Koresh house. Yeah. A bit. I think it was by design though. It was very like series one true detective as well. There was a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the house rules, uh, he basically says, I accept that human nature is violent and therefore I accept violence as a part of who I am and I will not fight that. My past is shaped and guided me. It's not, not a crutch, but an arrow. I will nurture the teaching that I obtain through the house and even when they result in suffering, I will be grateful as the, the biggest teacher is agony. I place nothing and no one before the house. The house always wins. He does... He does kind of as well after saying that, like elaborate saying, and even if they don't understand my words now, they will do. And he's like, as he's walking through, he gets given like a battered, like it looks like a Bible, but obviously it's not. Spooky um, Bible. Yeah, it's like a battered toe uh, by some like a spooky like old lady in a robe. Yeah. Um, and then there's a ma- gigantic man being held who's also in robes. Um. And he's getting preached at by Malachi, like scream, Malachi's screaming at him, spits black mist at him. He does like a little black sick on the floor. Um, and then he whispers in his ear, You can be so much more than a king. And it's absolutely which, it's absolutely not pretty king. 
well, I mean, the, the guy who um the guy who like does all the artwork for Bray Wyatt was tweeting very, very actively about this. <laughs> which makes me think that it could be Bray as well, or Bray could end up joining that as well. Um yeah, it's uh, well, the reports are from that day that Brody King had also signed with AW. Oh yeah, so. yeah bro, it's absolutely Brody King. You can see like one of his tattoos on his hand on like one of the like one of the, the way one of the things is shot. Also, he's he did like a lot of a uh, of like publicity publicity photos, didn't he, in front of yeah. a black house? Yes, yeah, he would literally um, a house of black. It, it's interesting though that there's been a, a few people on Twitter, as I say, um. Brody King's a big one. Uh, Bray Wyatt's another who's been kind of like alluding that he, he's going to be joining the House of Black and uh, Swerve Scott as well. Yeah. Or and then you've got the people, and then you've got people in AEW who already had them. They spat at them specifically. Pack and Julia Hart are the ones that you sort of. And Cody. Yeah, but Cody's was during a match, wasn't it? Whereas the other two were just like in promos. Mm. Oh, and Dan did Dante get it as well? Dante got it. Um, did he get um? Did he get Pillman or Griff? No, no, it was just Julia. Just Julia. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's really exciting to see. Obviously, they're really they're really gearing up for something big with Malachi here, which is really. It, it feels like the House of Black's going to be like a really big thing, like this come the tail end of next year. Yeah, or even like throughout twenty twenty two, it's going to be like one of the big things. Yeah. one of the big I, mysteries they sort of build up to. Yeah, I feel, I feel like they're gonna. They're going to slowly reveal the members, though. I don't obviously swear I can't do anything until February anyway, so there's yeah. no point. That I'd, I'd quite like to see Leo Rush like get involved and do like some Blackheart stuff, though, because like that's a really cool gimmick that he's got. Yeah, and he's established himself as a babyface now, so when he, do, if he does turn, it'll be a bit of a shock, which would be quite nice, especially if he shows up as the Blackheart. Yeah, all right. Oh, next boy. up, then uh, we had Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. This is the rubber match, it was 1 1. This was the decider. Really, really fun match. Uh, fantastic. One of the be- one of the better women's matches for Dynamite for the last sort of couple of months, I'd probably say. Um, Serena, no, sorry, she uh, she had won because Serena earlier in the match exposed the sort of the middle bit of the like, sort of the spring bit of the ring post of the turnbuckle, and then later on um, she was pushed into it and then was rolled up by Sheeta for the win. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think the, my only criticism of this would have been that he spent a little bit too much, like kind of time teasing that spot with the exposed uh, turnbuckle. Yeah, they they did spend like a, a good like minute or two, like at the end of the match, kind of teasing it, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah, they did. They sort of like danced around it a little bit. Yeah, and sometimes with like, I mean, it it worked, but some I think sometimes with like spots like that, it can be better if it's just kind of like. Like almost as if you've forgotten about the fact it's there. Whereas if it's being treated as like the elephant in the room, yeah, it's like well, the referee knows it's there. Like Aubrey saw Serena get thrown into it, so really it should have been a DQ. I uh, know, but it's what Excalibur would call incidental contact. She she didn't like use it. Mm. She was just because like that's why if you kick a chair in someone's head when they're about to hit you with it, it's not a DQ because you you're not the one who picked the chair up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, right, so moving on. Um, backstage, they had a ma- uh, they had Tony interviewing the Varsity Blondes. Griff Garrison challenged Malachi Black for a fight next week. Griff Garrison's going to die, etc., etc. Um, yeah, 
future mayor, the victim, Griff Garrison. Yeah, I think going to go well for him. Uh, next up then, we had Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston sorry, talking about his upper match on Rampage, basically he's sick of 2.0, and he's going to take him out on Friday. Just a really nice little Eddie Kingston promo. Just got straight yeah. to the point of the trick. Um, then next up, we had up for the main event. MGF came out for his match against Dante Martin. Had a little chat about CM Punk. <clears throat> basically said that Based on based on who he he said what something like he's got a undefeated streak against lackluster opponents that doesn't make him number one contender it makes him the next Ryback. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, shots fired indeed. Um, he he did as well. He he was calling like Dante Martin saying, "Oh yeah, he's got no charisma." Um, and you know he, I'll, I'll beat him with a headlock takeover like yeah. Alan. He said he's a good athlete, and, but yeah, he can beat him with a headlock takeover. And Dante comes out fired up. Yeah. And I think the really good thing he did in this match was like, not that he needed to do it at this point, because I think everyone now recognizes Dante Martin's incredible. But they uh, they made Dante really feel like he belonged like yeah. higher up the card than he than he is. And yeah, Dante just did Dante stuff basically in this match. This match was fun. Um Dante actually got quite a lot of the offense in it. Yeah, MJF was doing a lot of like being a shitbag, basically. Though. It was it was like all the it was, he was always like using his experience, wasn't he, to sort of like cut him off and like you know take the shortcuts, yeah, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, there was, I mean, there was a slightly scary moment where Dante um, overhit a was it a shooting star press to the outside. Yeah, it was. And he, MJF like barely caught him because he went like right over him. He caught him with his knee to the face. Um, he did that. Um, he did that four fifteen like dead early on as well, where his knee landed on MJF's throat. Yeah, yeah, that was that looked horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the, the that air shooting star. It was actually where MJF basically kept kept powdering out of the ring, and Dante would just follow him and dive on him. Yeah, worked his way around the ring. The whole like. Every side of the ring, and Dante would hit a dive on him. Um, he hit one like over the turnbuckle as well, didn't he? Which was nuts. Yeah, he did. So he, di- he dived like off the um, side, like facing the entrance, or sorry, the side away from the entrance, as it should say. And then the side that the hard cam's facing, he dived over the turnbuckle onto MJF. Which is just Jesus Christ. And they dived towards the hard cam because he threw MJF in the ring and MJF rolled out. And then, yeah. Uh, he did the running shooting star where he like eight years. <laughs> uh, MGF hit a big lag bomb towards the end of the match. Lovely. Yeah. Um, we'll see that. Dante uh, hits the what's his finish called again? The nosedive. Uh, nosedive. That's it. Yeah, which is a sort of like double springboard moonsault, isn't it? Yeah. Where he jumps uh, from like one rope to the next rope, and then I mean, it looks like it looks like witchcraft when he does it, but yeah. Everything he does looks like witchcraft. He's, he's so ridiculously athletic. Yeah, like he, so he hit, he hit the finisher as he went for the pin. Ricky Starks appeared out of nowhere, put MGF's foot on the rope. Um, so that, the referee pointed out to the referee. The referee was like arguing with him. And then Dante was arguing with him. And he turned around straight into Salt of the Earth and he taps out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, MGF gets his uh, dynamite diamond ring. Left. The, the three Peter is on. The three Peter's on. And let go out. Sting and Derby come out and attack them. FTR make the save. Oh no, FTR were already out celebrating with MGF on show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lights God, Sting and Derby attack FTR after they attacked Sting and Derby last week on Rampage. And then Punk's music hits and he makes the save. 
and announces that Sting, Darby, and Punk are going to face Punk in a pro uh, abortion chair, by the way. Yeah, in Texas, in Texas, which is spicy. All the size of space <laughs> offers to do that. <laughs> um, to see it. So yeah, next week we're going to get FTR and MGF, or as they call them, MJFTR. Yeah, yeah. Versus um, Sting, Darby, and Sam Punk in a six-month yeah. tag, which is lovely. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, is there any point in doing highs and lows for this? We're both saying the high is the sixty-minute I mean, match. Yeah, that's I'd say I'd say so. I'd say the sixty-minute match is the high. I do have a, a minor low, um, and that's just that. I th- I felt the second hour of the show was very rushed because the first yeah. match went away. The pacing I think suffered a little bit because obviously they had a match take up half of the show. Yeah, um, and they basically, I felt- they basically had to do an episode of Rampage for the second half of the show. Yeah, uh, I felt I felt like it kind of it slightly hurt the rest of the show. I think you probably could have cut the Wardlow squash because you're doing like one a week at this point. One, one week off's not going to hurt it. I f- yeah, but I feel like they're kind of building that up because I, I feel like I feel I mean, like MGF Wardlow's happening. The, wi- at the women's match I made event got twelve minutes each, which is fine. Mm. I I mean I. I would have probably shaved a couple of minutes off both those matches, to be honest, and it still would have been fine. Yeah, they could have been 10, maybe. But both those matches could have been 10 minutes and there wouldn't have been anything really lost from it. But again, that, that's just that's just me being a bit... AEW's frequently gone to that sort of like relentless pace, hasn't it? It's like almost one of their trademarks. Yeah. Which, you know, it appeals to people like Aaron, who have short attention spans, so... Yeah. The people <laughs> that have warned us about Right, next up then, we're going to Rampage. This was uh, from the 17th of December, so that was last Friday. Um, we start out with uh, Excalibur on commentary with Taz and Ricky Starks. Again, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm just loving Ricky Starks on commentary for, um, for Rampage. It, it just fits. It feels like, so easy and natural. Yeah. It was weird, though, this week, because it didn't. I didn't even notice he was on commentary. He, the didn't, first, like, he didn't say an awful lot at the start, did he? The first half of this, like, this opening match, he barely spoke, and then when he got into it, um, it, it was a, it was a bit better, but yeah, yeah, uh, right. So then we're going to start out with the aforementioned eight-man tag match. That was Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and the Young Bucks versus the Best Friends. This week, composed of Trent, Chuck, Orange Cassidy, and Rocky Romero, accompanied by Willita. Uh, this was just big dumb tag team fun, wasn't it? Remember that, like, sort of um, era. Remember that era we went through where, like, every episode of that Dynamite just opened with like a banger Young Bucks match. Yeah. It's it kind of like it was kind of like going a little throwback to that because this was just mad tag nonsense. Yeah, I've 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 really missed like all the best friends being together as well. Like I I didn't realize how much I missed Trent until Trent came back and I was like, oh man. And he's, he feels was, like a slightly different Trent as well. He's a bit meaner. He's a bit angrier. A bit more grizzled, isn't he? Shaved yeah. there. He's got a bit of a bigger beard. He's bulked up a lot. That's not, he's not <laughs> fucking around this time. He, he looks like Trent, a Trent. Yeah. Um, and he said he looks like just Miro, but further away. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it, it was good. Um, Trent's got a big hot tag. The books are ridiculous. Orange Cassidy did spot where he walked across the ropes in like an arm drag, put his hand in his pockets, and then did a like an arm drag off the top rope. Yeah. Which was nuts, because he just stood on the top rope for like 15 seconds, fucking around. Yeah, they, it, they, they were really clever as well, in the sense that they didn't. They didn't get Trent into the match until like he needed to be into the match. Yeah. So he got like, a really big like pop when he hot tagged. They also um, kept did a pretty good job of for the most part keeping Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy separate. 
Mm. Except when he did the little uh, thumbs up and kissing his cheek spot. Yeah, that was great. Like, um, yeah. It was, it, to be honest, it was just good as well to see like low, like a lot, quite a lot of um, Rocky and Chucky. Yeah, because you don't. You don't really see much Chuck Taylor these days, which upsets me because I love him. Rocky's done a lot of good work in his short time in AW. So far. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his, his status is going forward. I think he's just sort of treading water here while like New, the New Japan situation is kind of fucked with I think, COVID. I think Rocky's a man with no nation at the moment because he's shown up in Ring of Honor and wrestled in Final Battle as well. Yeah, I think because he, he came over for he came over with a Brody King. He came over for New Japan Strong, didn't he? And he sort of just got caught out by like travel restrictions coming back. Yeah, well, he, he's like the head of New Japan Strong now, isn't he? Yeah. So because of that as well, he's like the international liaison for New Japan. Well, so, here he is. And here he is in, in my AEW. What a coincidence. Yeah, so he, he's the reason why we're getting people coming over. Yeah. I think I think this whole thing is leading to Okada. Ha- I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? If, All roads lead to Okada. If, if, if Orange Cassidy is the person who brings Okada into AEW, then what a, I, what a fucking play that is. Just give us a card of S. Adam Cole, baby, please. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Just, just give us that match. You just have Adam Cole cut, a, cut a promo saying that he's beating all the best friends. He's beating yeah. all the chaos. Coin drops. The crowd goes wild. So good. And a card, a hands him his first AW loss. Oh no! I, I think I think Cole's going to lose before then. Um, I think Hangman's going to give Cole his first AW loss. Um, you think that'll be before I got it? I think a card there, they're building up for like blood and guts. I, f- I feel like we might get, we might get a, ca- a cheeky bit of a card there of blood and guts. Oof. Because it, it, blood and guts usually do either bef- just before or just after Revolution, don't they? Yeah. Well, it was meant to be like January last year, wasn't it? When Brody <laughs> debuted? Uh, March, yeah. March, yeah. And it was the, it was the week before. It was just after the pandemic. Started just full just after lockdown. It was the week before double or nothing, wasn't it? This year last year. This year. I should say. Uh was, yes. It was the go home episode of Double or Nothing, wasn't it? Or the no, sorry, the week before the go home episode of Double or Nothing. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I mean, realistically, they've they could do that and then they can have a card or have a singles match against someone at um at, at double or nothing. Yeah. Kenny. Kenny's probably going to be back by Revolution, isn't he? You reckon Kenny will be back about February-ish time, they said? So, yeah, yeah. Revolution March. So you could have Kenny, the Bucks, Cole and Red Dragon versus... Uh, no spoilers, mate. Well, no, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> um, versus the Carter, uh, Chucky T, Trent, um, Orange, Rocky and Utah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, get back to this match. We'll finish it off real quick. So you had all your mad sort of tag team nonsense towards the end. Everyone hits the finishes, um, and then everyone sort of dives out the ring, leaving Bobby Fish and Trent in there. Bobby Fish gets caught with the crunchy, and Trent picks up the win. Yeah, Trent looked really good there. Uh, Bobby Fish as well continues to impress. Like, yeah, like he's just timeless, isn't he? But he sort of looked like he was sort of getting ready for the knackers yard and. NXT, he was sort of like looked like he was petering out of it, but he's, he's sort of this is sort of AW sort of relit the fire, I think, a little bit. Yeah, like I, I think in, in NXT though, like he he was there literally just to be in the undisputed era. Yeah. 
Like, and with him getting injured when he got injured, he literally became like the fourth man in the Undisputed Era. Yeah, because uh, once he started sliding Roddy into the tag team, it was sort of the writing was on the wall for him, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah, that's it. Whereas now it's like, it's like okay, we'll we'll let him have a few banging singles matches, put him in some tag matches with the Bucks and Cole, and then when Kyle Riley shows up, we can uh, get Red Dragon back together, yeah. and then. And yeah, still so have them doing banging singles matches. One match, great. It's one of those matches. I think it would have been even. I mean, it was it was really fun to watch on TV, but I imagine it would have been even more fun to watch live. Like so, yeah, it yeah. did a really good job because this this crowd had seen some shit because this was filmed after Winter is Coming. Yeah, uh, so it did a really good job of getting the crowd back up, which I thought they needed um, because they had they had to get through this this taping. Um, speaking of getting the crowd up, next up we had Dan Lambeth and many year back. Wait, remember Dan Lambeth? He's back in park form. Um, basically, not nothing really special here. He just starts going on about uh, Cody. Basically, he, he compares he compares AEW to late nineties WCW, which is funny because WWE at the moment's WCW two thousands. Yeah, um, is coming. Cody comes out and gets into it. Uh, starts having fights. Then um, he starts getting beaten up. Then Dustin comes out. Still no good. Then Sammy comes out, makes the save, which is interesting because obviously Sammy and Cody are going to fight on Christmas Day for the TNT title. But you know, going to be a Christmas stuff. miracle, baby. Oh God, he's going to do it like his daddy. Isn't he? Fucking absolutely happening. <laughs> I nearly got. I nearly got a spoiler for it before, and all I'm saying is, I didn't get the spoiler. I just saw a headline. And yeah. I, I, giving me the fear, <laughs> giving me the absolute fear. Fair. So, well, that could be a nice little Christmas boxing day, boxing day present for us all to unwrap on the, the morning of the twenty sixth. Uh, next up, then we had Anna Conti, uh, sorry, uh, Ty Conti with Anna J, who is Penelope Ford with the Bunny submission match. Uh, not didn't go too long this one, um, but it was fun enough. Both women sort of showing off their their sort of submission muscles, which was nice, showing off the skills. Yeah, um, Ty. Ty won with a really nice, uh, yeah. It was like modified, a choke, like she, she put like her own leg behind, yeah. Penelope's it was like head. a modified rear naked choke. So she basically used a leg to kind of full Nelson Penelope's arms, yeah, while she had her in a choke, yeah, it which was, was which was super was interesting, mental. really, really good. Um, after the match, uh, the bunny punches Ty with the brass knuckles and it comes down with a chair and makes the save, yeah, fun enough. Uh, obviously, this has still got legs, it's going to carry on. I don't know how yeah. they're going to eventually finish it off. It's got to be a... Ta- have they, they've done a tag match already, haven't they? They've done it a few times, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have to do something like big, I think, to blow this off. They were fucking lights out match. Yeah. Look forward. They, 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 oh, no. They were fucking bunkhouse match. <laughs> Get the that's bring, that's bring. comfortably QT Marshall, Marshall's best match he's ever had in AEW, that bunkhouse match. Bring back the bunkhouse. Bring back, bring back bunkhouse butch. He can be the guest referee. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, stupid sexy bunkhouse butch. I love how that's still his Twitter name, by the way. I have him, have him in like those dungarees with like the fucking arse blast that the <laughs> just, just falls down for comedy value. falling down. It could be the pairs butch's big red ass. Uh, right then, we saw like a baboon. Uh, we saw a little bit of info for the Owen Hart Cup. Uh, basically, yeah. men and, separate men and women's tournaments, but will take place in May and will both culminate at double or nothing. And Martha Hart will also award the cup to each winner, and they're going to um, announce a little bit more on Dynamite. Now, we also get next week's Rampage, we're having Hook versus Bear Bronson. We're sending Hook once more. I can't wait. Oh, mate. I'm so, 
more hook. <laughs> just give me more. I, just I always just hook. Pull a, just to pull the curtain back, um, when I've just literally just done the NXT 2.0 um, podcast with Troy, moonlighting on that as well. And um, I, I managed to send hook. I love how like angry Troy got that like everyone getting excited about Hook. But but I, I explained it to the point where Troy got it on the on the podcast. <laughs> was like, I was like, well, look at it this way. Like you get guys who are like second generation guys, and you can just literally bring them in and know they're probably gonna be all right because the dads have done it and the dads will be like mentoring them as well as them getting trained. Whereas you get like a guy who's just like um just been thrown in there. And it's like, oh yeah, he's athletic, but then they get put him in a match and he's shit, and they wonder why. It's like the difference between like Braun Breaker and Von Wagner. That, well, Von Wagner's also a second generation. Who is he? Who's his dad? His dad is Bo Beverly. I don't know who the fuck that is. The 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 only good thing about the Beverly brothers is the finish. It was just the to the guy up in the air and then drove him down head first. Fair, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was it was it was different time. It was the nineties. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But, so. Moving on, we've got the the final little <coughs> Mark Henry bit before the main event. And the thing I really liked about this was um, basically the, the obviously the heel side were all full of energy. You had like Max Caster was wanting to start rapping, he got cut off. Um, 2.0 was sort of cocaine and all over the place. Like big big magic was just screaming down the camera. Yeah, big big magic, just an angry angry man. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets to like Henry throws it over to. Eddie Kingston's decided. Eddie King's like, nah, mate, I ain't got nothing to say to them. Just do your thing. It's time for this fight. Just say the thing. Yeah. So then Mark Henry's like, all right, <laughs> main event time then. Uh, and off we go. And then. Do you reckon this was filmed after they did the BTE bit where Big Magic got intense cocaine? <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. You could see his eyes, man. His eyes that, went wide on the camera. That's why he was. <laughs> that's why he was shaking like a washing machine. <laughs> um, so the, the big first of all the, the big shame here is um, as Cast is about to start rapping Eddie Kingston everyone just runs out and bars him so you know, yeah. we don't get any, any Max Caster rap sadly um, yeah, this just reminded me because obviously this is the first time we've seen um, Eddie Kingston and Max Caster sort of interact remember that amazing music video they did um, before they fought Moxie and Kingston yes. where they had like where they had like Bowens in a fat suit pretend to be Eddie Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> it was incredible. I'm going to go back and watch that after this. Um, it was great. Um, so, yeah, again, lovely, big, silly, messy tag team match. Uh, loads of nonsense. Loads of, just replace, like, mad Nick Jackson stuff with mad Phoenix stuff, and you've got a pretty good idea of how this match went. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, this, this was just a very, very nice, chaotic, it was only about ten minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you got a good. It was uh, eleven minutes. Yeah, you got a, you got a good bit of Santana just bodying two point which is quite nice. Yeah, I, I I can't wait for Proud and Powerful versus two point to finally happen. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Two point I've already started taking shots at uh, at them on uh, the show of the week. So. Oh, nice! It's coming! It's coming! <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, this, this was this was great. Um. Yeah, Santana, uh, Santana hit like an awesome like stunt power driver on Bowens. Bowens looked really good in this match as well. Actually, I think Bowens really shined. Bowens always looks good. He's just, he's so underrated. Yeah, he's just awesome. Uh, Gar- Gar- 
Garcia kind of hid for most of it, but he sort of picked his spots and he was very clever. It really fitted his character the way he used himself. He sort of just snuck in and like did the damage when he could and then got out of there. Um, and then, yeah, they had like a big sort of nonsense at the end. We ended with uh, Kingston and Garcia left alone in the ring. Uh, Kingston went for the hurricane. Uh, Garcia sort of dodged it and then used like the momentum to roll Eddie up and pull the, pull the strunks for the win. Yeah, um, I was really surprised by this. Yeah, this looked like a. You see, like, oh, you've got like the tag team champions, you've got like Eddie Kingston, you've got like Proud about There's no way these guys get beat. And then here we are. Yeah, especially because like 2.0 are literally like Balkan Skull off the power English. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel Garcia just is just like, he's the guy who like everyone's like, oh, get away from these fucking idiots. Like, they're not helping you. You I mean, he's, he's, he's ridiculously talented. He's one of the he's one of like the breakout stars oh. of 2021. Yeah, he's but he's gonna. He literally, he, he literally looks like it's bring your kid to school to work day, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> when he's yeah. hanging around 2.0. Um, in, in a good way. It works, though. Yeah. So it does work. Yeah, shout out Caster took a few big bumps as well. Like um mm. Felix just ran across the top record, hoofed him in the face, which was nice. And uh, Penta hit yeah. caught Penta caught him with a couple of big super kicks. Kingston yeah, gave him Kingston gave him an exploder. Uh, so yeah, so after the match then, um, 2.0 and everyone held up Kingston while Bowen's hit with the boombox. And then Jurassic Express's music hits, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus and Christian run out from behind attack the heels. The heels are all like, like looking down the ramp waiting for them to, to sort of make the move. They run out the back, they batter them. Um, and then Jungle Boy picks up the tag titles and sort of um, holds them sort of ominously. And then like slowly hands them to the Lucha Bros. And obviously we had this we had this prediction from Christian, didn't we? This like sort of declaration that he was going to ensure that Jurassic Express won the tag titles. Yeah. I I'd I'd like I'd like it if um like they explain away somewhere down the line that the reason why Marco Stunt's not been on TV for ages is that like Christian's like just got him locked in his basement. And like that's why he's like a heel now. Yeah. I'd love if they did something along the lines of what they did with um I mean, Jordan and Kenny in NXT UK, where like Christian starts like treating for on on behalf of Jurassic Express, like without them realizing. Yeah, that'd be really good, actually. And like, he, he maybe even leads them to a tag team title win, and like tries to get them to like turn, and like it's, they have the conflict yeah. then. Yeah. And he still abducted um, Marcus. Don't got him in his basement. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Marcus not been on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is that is Rampage, and that that's that's some startup. Um, another really good show. Rampage is yeah. it, it, it's very hard for Rampage to go bad because it's only an hour long. So I, I love Rampage. I think I I think I prefer Rampage more to Dynamite most weeks. I say this Aaron, like pretty much every time we talk about it, but it's like it's like the adult equivalent of you wake up on Saturday morning, you get your breakfast, and when you're a kid, you put cartoons on. Now you just put Rampage on for an hour while you have your breakfast, and it's just great. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Pretty good fun. Um, so we'll switch on to the final show of our marathon what, review session. What were your highs and lows of Rampage? Uh, I mean, I never have a low on Rampage. My high was probably the opening match, just for Orange Cassidy being ridiculous on the ropes with his pants in his pockets. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be inclined to agree with you there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, right then, so moving on to the final show, we have uh, what, what, this is called Holiday Holiday Slam. Was it Holiday Bash? Holiday Bash. It's, it's New Year's Slam, isn't it? Next week. Yeah. Is it New Year's Slam? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. So yeah, this is I the Christmas themed New Year's Slam. 
Yeah. It's so this not is... like the kind of go between episode, which would be the anniversary of the Brody anniversary. So I hope no, no, isn't like... isn't New Year's Slam this Two week? Weeks. Because it's the week after the first show on TBS. Which is New Year's Slam, isn't it? No, no, no. New Year's Slam is the last show on TNT from Daily's Place. Oh, really? I think yeah. Oh shit! No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh man, it's gonna be some Brody on that. Right, so we're going to open up with Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, I was really quite looking forward to this match, and it really... I was very surprised it opened. Yeah. I thought it was going to be this close in the show, and... Thought they'd open with the the six-man. Yeah. Send Punk to a... Send Punk. Well, no, because the other thing as well was they said on Rampage that the Punk match was open. Oh, was I, I just forgot about that completely. Um, cards with change, mate. You know, you know what it's like. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. I, I think as long as you're opening the show with either CM Punk's or Adam Cole's music, you can have a good time. With crowd yeah, because the crowd pop here was phenomenal for Adam Cole. That was a very loud Adam Cole baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really, really fun. Um, fun match. It was like a lot of Cole getting wound up by Cassidy's like tomfoolery. Yeah, and then it got to the point where Cassidy just had enough of that shit and just went full rage mode, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, these two, like, I, I was really, really surprised by how much chemistry these two had. They, yeah. they obviously, like, they, they did like the stuff in the tag matches, like last couple of weeks, but they really, really had some good chemistry. It felt like they saved it all for this match, which is great. Like, they did save enough, like, like the special bits. Um, yeah. Got the big moments. Adam Cole kicks out of a beach break, which is pretty protected. Which was wasn't that after uh, Cassidy kicked out of the Panama Sunrise as well? Yep, Cassidy kicked out of the Panama Sunrise. Um, yeah, so and was, you there reversed was a... there the boom into the beach break, didn't you? Yeah, which was mad. He just sort of caught Cole like on his back. <laughs> he just like fell over. It was great. It was absolutely yeah. great. Yeah, um, through the match as well. The Bucks come to interfere. Yeah. Orange, Chucky, and Trent all take them like take out the books and colour. Yeah, and uh, Chuck and Trent just they uh, run off run off the books. Yeah, and then anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk more about the finale because that was the big moment that everyone's talking about. Um, yeah, Cassidy was setting off the orange punch. Adam Cole rolls out the ring. Bobby Fish gets up on the apron to distract Cassidy and the referee. As that's happening, a wild Kyle O'Reilly appears and nails and the head. Yes. Everyone shakes their head now. Stupid mullet he had in NXT anyway. Um, he, he nails Cassidy and then Cole runs back in, hits the boom, and picks up the win. Yeah. And then post match, um, like there down between um, O'Reilly and Cole. Well, first of all, they beat up best friends. We get a cheeky high and low. Yeah, we did. Which is always good fun. Yeah. I like what I really liked about this was um, so like we got to stare down with Cole and um, O'Reilly and then best friends went to attack them and then they teamed up and then the books came in and they're like was this was this the presence and Cole's like yeah <laughs> well, and like, just then, Cole and O'Reilly had like a little bit of a moment didn't they yeah yeah and like but what I liked about it was that Tony Schiavone referenced their running NXT on commentary yeah which you wouldn't like not to compare AEW and WWE but you you would never get that in WWE. 
and the fact that they're like weaving that into the storyline, whereas like the book's like, whoa, well, you've got your friends from over there with you now. What, what about us? And I think it, it's going to lead to books and Red Dragon, isn't it? Yeah, well, Kyle O'Reilly like literally tweeted that he was because you know, obviously it was it just happened. It was announced on Twitter that he signed, and then Kyle mm. O'Reilly tweeted like, "Thank you for Tony for the opportunity. Can't wait to get started in AW." And he said, "Oh yeah, and Red Dragon's back." And I was like, "All right, okay." Just yeah. straight, we're just straight up going there with Red Dragon. And it's like, "Yep, yeah, okay, that's fine." Yes, boy. Um, but yeah, and then the, the other interesting thing is that Cole um, tries to talk to the books about it, and then the. He won't really have any of it, so he leaves with Kyle and him. Yeah, he leaves with Kyle and Bobby, and the books just follow him, like looking a bit bemused. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like they made a terrible decision. They've been Kenny off for Adam, and now Adam's going to bin them off for the not on the screen here. They don't even know what they're going to call themselves. Like, I mean, they could just call them Cole and Red Dragon. Yeah. Or they could make Red Dragon a three man faction. How about CFO Dollar Sign? It's Cole Fish and O'Reilly and then money. That, that would work. <laughs> the, the, I mean, it's going to be something like to do with the Undisputed Era, isn't it? Just not the Undisputed Era. It's going to be like a tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? It's going to be like... I suppose they could feasibly call them Undisputed. The, uh, WWE don't have like... Yeah, the, no, you, you can't copyright that word, I'm sure. The copyright on Undisputed, do they? They've got it as Undisputed Era, but not Undisputed. Yeah. Yeah, right then. So next up, we have uh, Tony Chavani brings Adam Page to the ring. Tony's wearing an awful Jacksonville Jaguars Christmas sweatshirt. It was it was dreadful. <laughs> it was absolutely diabolical. Was, Dan, Dan, Dan Housen said Dan Housen said he liked it, but oh, that's all right. <laughs> and then Dan, we got Dan we got nice man. We got a really cool Adam Page promo here as well. Oh, this is awesome. Adam Page this is like so Loki, one of the best promos in AW, and it's. It's amazing how people sleep on him. Um, he basically said that um, after all he's fought for, to get, after all his time, but three years in AW, all his way up to the top, he said at this point in time he'd never felt less like a champion because he didn't win the match. He said, you know, it was a draw. He was handed back to check the title, but he didn't win it, and he was disappointed. So then Danielson comes out and basically just takes the piss out of him a bit. Oh, the back and forth he used to have was fantastic. Yeah, and then when he basically he, said, he should be the champion. But he doesn't, he doesn't, when he says like, each, yeah, and Danielson's like, well, I should be champion, but I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm just going to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, when, he said, I'll, just kick, I, I'll just kick your ass again. And yeah, then he said, when, the, only when, reason, the, the only reason he didn't beat him was because he hurt himself wrestling John Silver, and so that he wasn't quite at 100%. And that was kind of the, the out they gave Danielson, wasn't it? Because Hangman didn't wrestle since he won the belt. Yeah, and Brian beat like all the members of the Dark Order going up to the match. So they they had this this like sort of thing where like Brian was like, "Well, I was fresh and you were," so you know. Yeah. yeah. Where does that leave us? Um, and then they they go back and forth um, on like stipulations for the rematch. And like Hangman said he was thinking about an Iron Man match. He was thinking about two out of three falls. He was thinking about Inferno matches, ladder matches. And then Brian says, "Well, how about we just have judges if the match goes sixty minutes?" I really like that because they. Well, originally the um, Jericho Cody match, uh, what was that pay per view? Was it full gear? Might have been. That had that had judges, didn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say like the first, the first like AW title defense on pay per view had judges. Yeah. Not not the um, not the 
like the crown and the champion, but the actual defense. Uh, Jericho Cody had judges, and I was like, that's quite cool. I'd, I'd like it if he did that again because it's a very like, it's a very like old school WCW trope that you don't really see often anymore. Yeah, and then I like this next bit from Paige. So he said basically, uh, he said Danielson took him into deep water, and in the end he swam, and he was about to drown Danielson at the end. And he said basically to Danielson, yeah, I agree to the judges, but pay them in advance because you, they're not going to be doing any work. Because he's going to beat him inside of sixty minutes. Do you reckon he will, or do you reckon it goes to judges? Oh, I think he'll be. I think. I think you have to. I think this is the point where you have to have Hangman get the win. Make the yeah. Somebody. I agree. I agree. And then well, I love this. He, he turned it around. He, he turned it around right at the end. He said, "Like, oh, can I be? Can I be Brian Danielson?" And he went. And then he, he just basically said yes. And then that set off the yes chance directed yeah. at Danielson from the crowd, mocking it, which was incredible. The, I love the Danielson's response. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, really super. I mean, these guys have got great chemistry. Great chemistry in the ring and great chemistry like when they do promos together as well. As, as I said before, I feel like that this is. I feel like they kind of know they've got lightning in a bottle with Hangman and Danielson. Yeah. And they want try and make it their Okada and Omega feud. Like, they want to make that the defining feud of this generation of AEW. I mean, I think they're going to go past 30 minutes again in the next match. I think they will. I, I that, That's what I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if it went to the judge's decision. No, I think I think it will be the, it's like uh, a, I think it'll be the switch around. I think Hangman will just get the pin in time. Yeah. This time. Mm. I, 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 yeah, because, I mean, if you went to a judge's decision on based on the first match, Danielson would have won it easily. Well, that's what Hangman said. He said, look, if it goes to a judge's decision, I don't want a judge to say that I didn't wrestle well enough and take the belt off me, so I'm going to make mm. sure I beat you in the tournament. Yeah. And it puts the pressure on Hangman now, because he knows that over 60 minutes, Brian will outwrestle him for the bulk yeah. of the match. So he's just got yeah, to pin him. That's very true. That'd be nice. Which is cool. So almost like a draw. A draw now is like a loss to Hangman because the judges will almost certainly come on the side of Danielson based on how he all controls no, the match. Yeah, so it's like a must-win match. Yeah. Oh, so that's going to be so good. And that's got that's been announced for two weeks' time. The first, two, the first, uh, the first TBS show. We're stacking that card, aren't we? Jesus Christ! Oh, the first show of the new year. Bring it on. Uh, it's my birthday on January the 1st. This is like a nice little, little belated birthday present for your boy. So I'm really going to be looking forward to that. Uh, what do I want for my birthday? I want to see Hangman get his head kicked in. Uh, right, moving on then. We have MGF backstage with the pinnacle. Remember them? The back? The pineapple. The pineapple. Um, it basically, um, <laughs> he basically criticizes Spears and Wardlow for being out getting champagne and not protecting him, even though he told them to. Yeah. He's a top heel. Um, Richard called out CM Punk, um, said the Pinnacle's a family and that the Punk and his guys can't coexist. Again, little shot of WWE there, maybe. Um, and then like this, he said Punk He said Punk was rusty and he said his fake nice guy mask is falling off. It is though, isn't it? Yeah. Like the Eddie Kingston feud, he was starting to show like there was, that, there, there was that promo, wasn't it? Like it was an amazing promo. Like it was on like the uh, the post show where Punk was like backstage and like he was spitting blood, and he yeah. said he said something like day by day, match by match. I'm starting to remember who the fuck I am. Yeah, and it was like oh shit, it's happening. Yeah, and also uh, we got like as well like when um, he was in Long Island, he knew he was going to get booed. Yeah, and and he just he, he, he just he lent so perfectly and so hard into that, and it was brilliant. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so, and then Dax Harwood at the end basically said they're kings of wrestling. Shout out to the kings of wrestling. And um, Punk and his boys were not kings and they need to kill them to become kings. I was like, yeah, fair play. Speaking of the kings of wrestling, Chris Hero interviewed Dan Housen on his podcast this week. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Um, he was on Dan Housen's vlog. Speaking of, speaking of upsetting things, <laughs> next up then we had Wardlow just doing actual murder on Sean Dean. Just, just four power bombs and killed a man. Yeah, I, I I'm loving this. I like I like I like the one of them. Or after it, he sort of like rolled rolled him through. Yeah, <laughs> to give him another one. I, I I love that it's almost like Wardlow's like using the, like power bomb people as like a stress ball. Yeah, like he's tired of MJF shit, so he's just gonna kill people with power bombs. Sean Spears, um, just like freaking out on the outside. Yeah, and then coming in and just murdering the captain with fucking chair shots and then. Ejaculating in the middle of the ring for some reason. Yeah, doing his chair sex face. Yeah. Uh, right next up, then we had another bit of Dan Lambert and <laughs> the Men of the Year. Uh, I like this though. Um, Did we have the uh, video package for Cody and Sammy? Oh yeah, I just glossed over that. Mm. Well, there, there's an interesting note to take out of that. What's that? They were making a big deal out of the fact that um, Dusty won a title on Christmas nope, Day. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about it. Um, and you know, Cody. If Dusty's done it, Cody's got to do it at some point. And, you know, it's airing on Christmas Day, so... Yeah, no, I'm not thinking about it, mate. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, next up then, so yeah, Dan Lambeth, Ethan Page, <coughs> this guy up on the balcony in, like, in the seats. Um, Dan Lambeth basically is going after Cody again. Um, I love this. He was like, Tony Khan gave me the unenviable task to get you idiots to cheer Cody and you still boo them. Yeah. <laughs> which was actually one of the better bits of things that Dan Lambert's uh, ever cut, which thought, was really cool. I thought this was a really good promo by Dan Lambert. And then um, he said, yeah, Cody's a bigger dick than him and one of um, Men of the Year demanded a TNT title shot after Christmas. I, I think they should just give, well, I'd say, I don't know, because I think Ethan Page is better suited on his own as a singles guy. I think both of them are, but I think Ethan Page for me has got like the bigger upside just being younger. Because mm. Scorpio was like pushing 40 and Ethan was like, yeah. Oh shit. I know Ethan's like early 30s or something like that. He, he was, yeah. I mean, Scorpio was in the super cringy uncles, so he's got to be like. Yeah, true. He's, and he was in TNA in the bad times, so. God, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Let's find out how old Scorpio is. Do a quick Google. He's 38. Oh, fair enough. He's a big, like, 32 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Scorpio's 39 this year. What well, was in, like, let's say 2022? Yeah. Ethan Page is, he is younger than me. He is 32 years old, yeah. Yeah, he's same age as me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Ethan Page at some point hold the TNT title. I think that'd be, I mean... I'd like to see Scorpio get it as well because I feel like he's chased it for a while. Yeah, I, I would have. I think just based on the fact that like Ethan Page and Darby have that like blood feud, I would have liked to have seen Ethan Page beat Darby for the title and yeah. Darby like reclaim it off him. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's going to be exciting. Even more with the many of the year, they're both very good. Whatever happens with them in the new year, as long as it involves some sort of title getting won by one of them, I'm fine with that. Yeah, all right. tag title. Next up, then, we had um, Britt Baker's holiday party, which was incredible. 
with Tony. Tony again doing that thing where he's like trying to like enjoy the party, but also having to do his job and remind Britt Baker about things she doesn't want to talk about. Mm. Yeah. So she's basically talking. Tony's talking about how she'd never beat Rio. Um, then Britt said she's bigger and better, and she built the division. And she also has Jamie Hater in a corner. <laughs> Tony's like, but yeah, but didn't Rio also beat Jamie Hater? <laughs> and then, yeah, that's going sideways very quickly. Then Tony tries to pull out some mistletoe hold it over Britt's head and Jamie Hayes just slaps it away <laughs> which was great and all the time Rebel's just there like sort of wrapped around a massive bottle of champagne like neck and booze yeah which is great um, and Britt basically said 2021 was her year she built the women's division and there's no way she's going to lose to Rehab again so the match obviously is happening at is it next week? No, it's at Revolution. Battle of the it? Champions, isn't it? It's Revolution. No, Battle, Battle of, Belts. of the Belts. Battle of the Belts. Sorry, yeah. It's Battle of the Belts. There's so many fucking shows, by the way. Jesus. Yeah, man. Then we had time for a little bit of teary-eyed reminiscing. We had oh, a lovely, we had a lovely, lovely video about Owen Hart and his legacy. Um, and it was really nice because you were able to have like guys like Mark Henry and um, Dustin Rhodes who have like, wrestled him and Matt Hardy. Well, Mark, Hen- Mark Henry was the absolute right guy to open that. Yeah. Because it's like one of his best mates. And then you had guys like Matt Hardy and Dustin who wrestled him and who knew him like personally. But then you also had guys like Adam Cole who said that they obviously were clearly influenced by him. Mm. And 2.0, uh, which was nice. 2.0, yeah, which you didn't expect. Obviously 2.0 talking about like how they respected him as a Canadian wrestler and, and mm. sort of like pay, you know, trip blades in the trail, him and Bret Hart. Uh, I mean, and it was... the, way he's, the way he is because he was like in the crowd for the Montreal Screwdog. Yeah. Well, seven-year-old big man, which was really cool to, to have that sort of span of of people to talk. So, like, not only people who like directly knew Owen, but also people who were like moved by his legacy and sort influenced of, by him. Yeah, yeah. Which was showing some really cool footage of him wrestling Liger in Japan as well. Yeah, well, they they basically yeah they basically obviously didn't have any of his WWF footage, but they got all of his New Japan stuff. And some of that footage was um, Martha Hart's own footage that she gave permission to be shown on TV for the first time since his death. Yeah, which was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty heavy, but also very beautiful. Uh, next up, then, um, speaking of heavy and beautiful, it's Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. Um, some dickhead in the crowd with a horrible sign. He got kicked out. Good on him. Or well, good on the security. Fuck that guy. Yeah, good on the security for him. Don't be a dick, mate. If you're going to wrestling shows, don't bring don't bring a sign. If you wouldn't say it to someone, don't put it on a sign. Yeah. Nyla handled that awesome no, like, Yeah, she, she just went up and flipped him off, which was great. Yeah. And just started laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, Ruby Soho came out, Nyla pulled her off the ropes, and she got her hands caught in a jacket. And then Nyla just sort of took that as a reason to just beat the fuck out of her. Well, she couldn't use her hands, mm. which is quite nice. Um, and then the whole match was basically Ruby trying to like get out from under Nyla and sort of build some momentum while Nyla was just yeah. like slamming her all over the place. Vicky was fucking around on the outside. And yeah, that was um, it was sort of it's sort of like I don't want to say the standard Nyla Rose match because she she's more talented than than that makes that sound. But it like, was it was like Nyla's got like a, a the kind of match she has though against someone that she's she's got to like make sure she gets them over. Yeah, and this was that match like it was where she's against like a smaller opponent. It's just like just bump your ass off for them. Yeah. And she does it really well. Yeah, uh, Nyla's, Nyla's really great at that. She's she's a fan, phenomenal awesome. talent. Like she, she's, I think she gets a little bit underrated because she doesn't win very often. She doesn't win big matches. Uh, mm. She's become that sort of like 
Gatekeeper. Well, a, women's, a women's title run was banging as well. Yeah, but she's become that sort of gatekeeper now, actually, where she's like the, the big monster you've got to sort of conquer if you want to get to the top of the card. Yeah, yeah, she's like the mid game boss on the way to one of the belts. Yeah, I, I can see her holding the TBS title. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I can she, see, her, I can see her getting another run the big belt because she, she didn't, she only had that mostly in the lockdown, mm-hmm. didn't she? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it the first, um. The first like female Grand Slam champ. Yeah, I'd be up for that. So she was the so she was the second AW Women's Championship one, yeah, champion one. She's the first person to to beat someone for the belt. Um, but no, this was this was a really really fun match. Um, so there was a nice um, dragon sleeper from Ruby, and then Vicky got up on the apron to distract the ref. And then Ruby hit Vicky off the apron, which was nice. And then. Um, Nyla went for a beast bomb. Ruby kicked out, which was pretty big. Yep. I thought that was it. When I thought, oh no, here we go. Like distraction. Vicky gets get hit, but she gets the win. Uh, but no, Nyla um, hit the beast bomb. Ruby kicked out, and then Nyla went for a beast bomb off the top rope. And then I thought this was a beautiful finish. So Ruby sort of like yanked her off the top rope, and as she was coming down, hit her with the no future. Yeah, and it that looked awesome. the, the way Nyla like sold it, and the way Ruby hit it made it look incredible. Yeah, and that was good for the win. And uh, Ruby advances to the final. They did. They did kind of like lay the groundwork as well. Like I, I I'm more convinced now than I was going into this match that Ruby's going to win the whole thing. I think they're really set Ruby up to win this. I think it makes more sense. As much as they would probably want to put it on Jade, I don't think a workhorse title on someone who can't wrestle that well would be a great move. Yeah, like that they, they um. They, they, they basically um, like were always setting up like Ruby and Jade in the final, Wendy. The fact that they like made such a big deal about how Ruby's got like the shoulder injury and yeah, like re injured after like having multiple shoulder surgery. She's been cutting promos about how she's never won a title on a TV show, on a televised wrestling show. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's and all setting up. They, they clearly there's clearly like a lot of. Um, there's clearly like a lot of uh, worth for for it. Yeah, well, they've, got, they've, got, they've, they've got Jade cutting promos like she's already won, like it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean Jade's got to get past Thunder without 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 a Brit Baker interference. It's a pretty, it's pretty a good, a pretty I, good shot that we get. I wouldn't be surprised if we got um, Thunder Rosa Ruby fine. Well, interestingly, that would be. A rematch of the final two at the battle row. That's what. Well, that's what I was thinking. So there's a there's a reason to do that as well. Yeah. And and I think I think if Jade's first lost to Thunder Rosa, I don't think that hurts. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So yeah, there's again again it's, it's exciting, isn't it? There's, there's there's three. I can see there's three women left in this tournament, and any of them could conceivably win. I mean, maybe Rosa Lesser because you think she's going to be poised to go up against Brit in the new year for the main belt. But you could feasibly make an argument for any of the three to be worthy holders of the, of the belt for the first time. Which yeah. is which is interesting. It's just it's just good. It's just good and fun when when we can't predict what's going to happen. It's fun and interesting, and not for like reasons of there's going to be a stupid swerve. They've just positioned the three best women who make sense to win into the three last slots, which is, yeah, sensible. Um, right next up, then we have the sanctioned murder of Griff Garrison by Malachi Black. Yeah, um, I mean straight from the get go, Malachi 
kicked him in the fucking face. So yeah, Griff just runs towards him and Malachi just drills him in the face with a mad kick. And Griff just goes down like a, like a very tall sack of shit. Um, Get, he goes outside, he teases he's going to black mist there, Pillman, doesn't he? Yeah, Pillman, like, Pillman's ready to go. And then Griff Garrison dives out, like the fucking human centipede coming towards you through the ropes. And Griff dives. Jesus Christ. Occupy some time. I, I've got to say, Malachi like gave Griff a lot of offense in this match. I well, I thought like because obviously we got we got the water squash earlier, and I, I was thinking like, right, this is going to be fairly one sided, but Griff's going to get his fight back spot. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be a fight back spot, not Malachi like coming from underneath, which yeah. it was. <laughs> and I mean that rising knee when um when Griff picks him up for the slam, and then Malachi just drops out and just fucking. Knees Griff Garrett's soul out of his body was yeah, beautiful. that was awesome. Yeah. And then surprisingly, um, Malachi wins not with a black mask but with a single leg Boston. It was like a modified one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked horrible. <laughs> it was like, um, oh, shit. someone did one at uh, the TNT show we went to that time, the family one, yeah, um, where it was like the legs kind of took into your body as opposed to like under your arm, yeah. You like use your hands to like bend the knee and the leg, um, and yeah, it, um, it's it, it's a, it's very very cool like variation of the move. Yeah, um, and also Griff sold it like he'd like legitimately like torn his ACL. Yeah, but Malachi is just like the most legit looking in ring compared to an AW, isn't he? In terms, in terms of his offense, like it looks like it, everything looks like it really fucking hurts. Yeah. Case in point, yeah. at the end of the match, um, Black keeps the holding. He, he sort of leaves it in a little bit, doesn't he? Uh, after the bell, he does. And Pillman runs in to sort of like see what's up, and then he gets a bit angry, runs towards Malachi, and Malachi just takes his face off with a black mask. Yeah, wiped him out of existence. Yep. Okay, he kicked him so hard, he's gonna think that Griff's Jim neither. <laughs> Oh, it was it was incredible, um, and yeah, that was it. We were all we were thinking maybe Brody King, but not quite yet. Apparently, not yet. Soon, soon. Uh, right, so then um, we have another announcement for next week. Uh, we have Jungle Boy versus Isaiah Cassidy announced. They cut to Matt Hardy backstage with Private Party. Isaiah Cassidy says he's going to pound that ass, and then we throw the Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus. But Jungle Boy says he's going to pound that ass. So it's not just- also Christian. <laughs> Luchasaurus have absolutely banging uh, Christmas t-shirts. Yeah, the, the uh, Jurassic Express Christmas t-shirt, which Christian yeah. starts pin, uh, pimping out like he's Don West. It's great. Yeah. And uh, so, as long as someone's pounding someone's ass, then obviously we're, we're, we're doing a good job. Yeah. Right. So then we get on to the main event. We have MJFTR, the team, um, against CM Punk, Darby Allen, Sting. So you'll have to help me out here, Jay. So First of all, Sting comes out with CM Punk's like crossed fists on his face with the lightning bolts. Yeah. Darby comes out with like pink face paint and like pink hair. Right. So that was a that was a merge of Sting's crow and Wolfpack Sting. Right. Like, so, yeah, so like white and red. Yeah. And then um, Punk comes out with like the surface Sting face paint. Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. And uh, Punk shaved his beard off as well. He looks a lot younger. Um, yeah, he also had the surface thing tights. Yeah, so that was really uh, cool. He did. Um, I believe the color, the colors of it, 
uh, as well as being Chicago's colours, were inspired by Sting's art of fuck what's pay per view. It was at, it was at a pay per view basically. I can't remember. Right. Uh, and yeah, so this match cracks on. And if you needed proof that FTR were one of the best tag teams in the world, they are the best. Then here's your proof because they. I mean, I'm not saying they carried this match, but they certainly did most of the heavy lifting. They they were pretty much like the catalyst. The FTR and Punk were like the catalysts of this match. Yeah, Darby was there to dive on people and do mad shit. Sting was there to just like come in and do Sting things. Yeah, and MJF was there to get shit us. An absolute gobshite. Yeah, like, there, there were at least two spots where MJF just ran away from <clears> Punk. Like the whole the whole point of this match was MJF didn't want to be in the ring with Punk. Yeah. At one point, he ran like up the fucking stairs to the concourse while Punk chased him. Well, Punk tags out, doesn't he? <laughs> Chase yeah. MJF. Well, and then they come back down the, the other steps and back in, which was great. Uh, they have a, yeah. like a re- they do, they have a thing they do really well where they disguise like Darby about to do a, sm- a mad dive, so they show like they spin the camera around, so you're looking at like Sting. Punk and, and Sting were staring down MJF, and then Darby just appears out of fucking nowhere and wipes them all out, which was great. Uh, yeah, it was it was just, it was just a really Sting fun looked match. really good in this as well. Though. Sting looked great. Sting, um, it's weird how Sting's like got so good recently. He looks better well, again, I've, in the last like year. I've said this to you, like he looks better now than he did like in TNA ten years ago. Looked at, like anything he did in, w- in his WWE run. Like I don't know why that was. Like I, I know I know he was like kind of protected a lot in WWE. Um because of because of his age and he used like a lot of smoke and mirrors, but it's like it doesn't feel like they needed to. No. No, he could have just gone, couldn't he? Yeah. I suppose he re- like in his match with Rollins, that would have probably been better if it hadn't have been from like injuring himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, this match that was just, heart noise. I mean, this match went for some time as well. It, 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 this match started yeah. like half an hour left in the show and it, they, they used a lot of the time um, very well. There was a lot of crazy spots as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah and Sting was in the ring a lot as well. Like, man, he, he, took a lot, he took a lot of offense and he, he dished a lot out mm-hmm. as well. Well, there's MJF went missing, didn't he? And there, there was a bit where Tony Schiavone and Taz, it felt like there was genuine tension between them during this match. Where every time Tony asked like a question, Taz would just shout at him. Yeah, yeah. Tony was like, "Where's MJF?" And Taz was like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> so towards the end of the match, MJF had a scary spill to the outside. Oh man! Like, so yeah, Sting throws him over the top rope, and he like he doesn't quite rotate, does he? No, and FTR don't quite get under him. Um, yeah. So he just lands on his head on the concrete. Well, I mean, looking at it back, he, he does put his he puts his arms down first, I think, which sort of yeah. saves him. But it I think him. FTR like looked like they pushed him up as well, so like they, they were could trying, like but, at least get... like, like they were trying to flip him. So well, no, so he could land on them. Yeah, as opposed to landing on the floor. Dax did a really good job. Credit to him to make sure MGF was all right to continue. Well, bo- both of FTR like as soon as you get the floor, they were like right in, right on top of him, make sure he's okay. Yeah. Uh, and FTR again, man, they were great. So there's a bit where Punk like almost fucked up coming in. He was meant to do a springboard, and he slipped. So what he did instead, he landed, did like a discus, and then um, Cash just adjusted his foot, and so he was perfectly in place to take the move when it happened. Like again, yeah. FTR are fucking wizards, man. Like tag team was they're just they're so just, so good. They got so smooth. Like everything they do looks like so smooth. And then they're never in the wrong place. They never like they never miss time or anything. They never like they never fuck up and like you do the wrong move or anything like that. Everything they do is just mm. bang on. It's so good. I, I I love that we got a big rig as well. We've not seen that for ages. Yeah, we got a big rig that's got a one count because Darby just had no, yeah. no Darby just had no chill and came in and just broke. Oh, Sting, sorry, had no chill and just came in and broke it up. Chill. 
Yeah, there was a bit where MGF as well before he like landed on the concrete and nearly died. Um, where he was like hiding behind the timekeeper's table. Yeah, Darby, we missed, like we missed that. That wasn't even on camera. Yeah, he showed it on the replay. I was like, oh shit! I saw all the fans like stand up and start pointing at something, and I was like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Um, this this was a wild match though. Um, so yeah, like after the MJF died, MJF come gets back in the ring, punks T's and GTS, um, and Dax like the absolute top shagger that he is comes in, shoves MJF out and falls on his sword for uh, MJF. Yeah. Take, uh, before, that, GTS. before that, Sting did a top body across both top rope to the outside. He did. He did which, was, which was nuts. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Dax saved MJF. He, took, he takes GTS, he takes a Scorpion Death Drop and then a Coffin Drop and then Punk gets the pin. Coffin Drop, which Darby barely hit. Yeah, because he was like three quarters away across the ring. Yeah, his like head just grazed that. <laughs> uh, come on, mate. Come on now, um, but yeah, this this match was fucking awesome. And then MJF, after possibly like braining himself, like goes up to the commentary table and like calls Punk a coward for running away, um, and yeah, just berates Punk. Well, yeah. he, he sounds like he's clearly fucked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this match was great. I really enjoyed it. It was it was like a, a textbook example of how to use someone like Sting in a multi-man match. Yes, yes, it was. Like it was perfect, and from that, from the from the purpose of like utilizing Sting as a match, it was perfect. Um, but even MJF was like excellent in the role he played. Yeah, it was being an absolute shit house. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's going to be this episode of Dynamite. Then, do you want to pick? Um, we'll, we'll do a proper proper highs and lows for this one then, if you want to lead okay. off. Um, I'm gonna say, did I have a low? Did I have a low? Um, I don't think I did have a low. Oh no, I did have a low. That fucking guy in the crowd. Yeah, fair. yeah. He he can get in the absolute fucking sea. The prick. Um, and my high, I'm gonna say, was Colin Cassidy. It was awesome. Sound. Uh, I was. I'm not gonna dignify that guy by giving him a low. Um. That's fair. Normally, I'd pick something like Dan Lambert, but I thought that Dan Lambert was the best Dan Lambert bit that Dan Lambert's ever Dan Lambert. So. <laughs> if you want Dan Lambert to, to resonate with the crowd, have him just take the shit, take the piss out of Cody. That's great. Um, and I'm going to go actually the main event for my high because okay. it was just big, messy, fun. Well, it was like a house show match that just escaped and gotten out of control. Yeah, it was. It was very fun indeed. It was very enjoyable. Awesome. Right, uh, we'll, we'll throw it over really quick before we wrap up for some questions. We've got loads of questions, loads. We've got so s- many. We've got some questions. Uh, so, so Joe from Hallmark of Greatness slash Dammit Vince podcast writes in, how do you feel, do you fear the AW roster getting too full and people getting lost in the mix and who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Well, don't worry about that first. Don't worry um, about Griff Garrison. Um, do you feel the AW roster is getting too full? Will people get lost in the no. mix? I, I, the reason why I, I do think people are getting lost in the mix, and I th- but I think they're going to get better with that when they have a bit more like experience under the belt with like time management. I feel like the the way the kind of um, them loading up the roster the way they have is going to allow them to bring in an off season. Well, that's it. It almost feels like seasonal, isn't it? I remember like back like six months ago when like you sort of go to shit house heels or like the wingman. Yeah, and now it's two point Yeah. And like it just lets you switch out these characters. So A, it keeps things fresh on screen for people. B, mm-hmm. it lets guys 
not get fucked by traveling all the time and wrestling all the time. Um, you know, you have not you're not in that WWE scenario where you've got to, like wrestle like four days out of the week or anything stupid like that. And it lets guys also go and do indie stuff. Like they still get paid off AW, yeah. but then they can still do their indie dates and it helps. And then that also then feeds back to AW because they can then tell AW to management, oh I wrestled this guy and then they bring those guys in for dark and elevation, which means yeah. you're getting top indie talent coming through their YouTube shows as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think, I mean, you've just got to look at the moment of the fact that you've got three of the top guys who aren't on te- television at the moment. Yeah, you've got, well, you've got no Mox, Mox, you've got Jericho. no Kenny, you've got no Jericho. Yeah, Cody's, yeah. Cody's barely on TV for Cody. Um, it will be when he wins that fucking TNT title. Mate. Don't, don't will it into existence. It's I, amazing. I can't live with it. That, that train's never late. But even Miro, like Miro's not been on TV for a couple of weeks. Malachi yeah. Black gets used sparingly. Some sometimes, like it's certainly in the case of Malachi Black and Miro, I think as well, they feel more special when they are on TV. Yeah. Um. But you. But the fact that like Kenny and like if Malachi was beating a jobber every week on Dark or like yeah having like five minute match on Rampage every two weeks, it wouldn't feel as special as when he turns up and just murder someone. Yeah. Whereas that like this Griff Garrison match has literally had like two weeks of build. Yeah. It didn't feel like a squash match. It felt oh, okay. Like there's actually some some kind of story to this. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, I mean, you've, as I say, you've just got to look at the fact that Mox, Jericho and Kenny aren't on TV, but you've still got Hangman at the top. You've still got, like, uh, Danielson and Punk knocking about up there. Eddie Kingston can go there when they need them to. That there's, it allows all the people to kind of, like, fill into that, those roles and then when they need them to, they can go, like, go back and go, okay, well, I need you in this title picture or, I'd like you to be like the next challenges of the world title or in this big like grudge match feud with someone. Yeah. I mean you when you when they when it's an emergency you can break these guys out like they did with Miro yeah. when he needed to go out and replace Mox. They just went, all right, Miro. Yeah. I mean there, there's some there's some signings where I've been I've like genuinely scratched my head over it. Like for example, Tony Nisa and Jay Lethal I thought hey, were... you leave Tony Nisa alone, he's a beautiful man. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was like it, like what he done since he had that match with Sammy. Yeah, Jay Lethal again. He's had one TV title yeah. match. I mean, Ricky, match, and then he was, Ricky yeah. Starks is one of my favorite wrestlers, and you barely see him wrestle because yeah, there's not enough room for him in the roster, and there's that that's an issue in itself. But like at the same time, it's all about like elevating other people to be able to get into those roles, and I think they're getting up, getting some other people up, and then those guys are going to get it back. Also, Ricky's. Ricky hurt his neck earlier in the year. Maybe he's not fully healed. Yeah, well, he said he's cleared, but obviously, if, if AW, they, I mean, they clearly want him on TV because they're putting him on commentary. But mm. they're, they're sort but of... if you, the thing is with with like talent getting cleared is a lot of the time you're cleared when you're like seventy percent. Yeah. So maybe he just wants to take the time to make sure his neck's fine because AW clearly have plans. For him. They're keeping him in the public eye. They're keeping him on commentary. Oh, he's he's future of the company. Yeah, and yeah, he's right. going to win all the belts. Moving on then, uh, next pretty much all the all the other questions we have relate to Kyle O'Reilly, funnily enough. <laughs> so Faye asked, uh, do you think Adam will leave the books for his new friends? And then both her and Troy ask, do you think him and do you think Adam Cole and Kyle will face off? So first of all, do you think Adam will leave the books for Red Dragon? Um yes, eventually. I think they'll pal up for a bit because like they'll do that I... super they'll do that super elite thing. So they basically just got Red Dragon yeah. replacing um, Gallows, and, Gallows and Cole replacing Kenny, haven't you? And you basically yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's what's going to happen. Kenny's going to come back. I think, as I say, I've, I've I've got a feeling they'll probably do like a blood and good guts match with 
Um, chaos. With chaos. And then, um, and then we'll like, they'll lose and the reason Kenny will blame Adam, Adam will blame Kenny and we'll get like Marvel Civil War. Yeah, to be slightly more specific about Cole and O'Reilly, Troy said, should Kyle have continued his feud into AW with Adam Cole? They did tease it. I, I think don't think so. I don't think that can't be your, that can't be your jumping off point because after you've done the blood feud, where do you go? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they, they teased there was tension there and I feel like it's something they're definitely going to revisit at one point because they are yeah. like, like they, they face each other now in Ring of Honor, WWE, New Japan. Yeah. It would make them to have matches in AEW. I don't think you bring them in just I, and start I straight think the, I think given the fact that literally that feud has just finished in WWE, it would be foolish to then go, all right, well, let's start that feud in AEW. Because the fans have very recently seen it. Um, yeah. Uh, and then one last question then, again, to do with... Oh, well, well, I'm going to silly one of Aaron, but we'll do a proper one first. Uh, so Sarah asks, with the arrival of O'Reilly, is this where we will finally get the trio tag team titles? What I, well, first of all, I really hope... I've been, I've been waiting for these titles for like a year now, it feels. Yeah. They were meant to... About two years. Kenny T, them two years ago. Uh, in terms of will we get them imminently, I don't think so, because I think I th- if if well, we do, it will be like later in the year. We've got to wrap up the women's type tournament first, the TBS tournament. Then it's going to be built towards the Owen Hart Cup, so we can't that's have it running the, at the same time as that. The, um, tag team battle royal revolution. Yeah, so I think it'll be yeah. I'm with you. I think like back end of summer, maybe into like the autumn. Possibly crown them at all out. Yeah, all out. Full gear. Full gear. Full gear. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'm happy for that. I think it has to be this year, surely. Doesn't? Uh, sorry, 2022. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, they've got they've got enough trios now, but they yeah. could have. They've got. Uh, excuse me. Plus, I think, they, enough... I think I think they just need more titles because they've, they've only got two men's, two women's, and a tag team title, and like there's a lot of competitors on there who need to be in a title picture. Yeah, I I think. I, I think as well that's an, that's quite a good way they can deal with like the bloated roster. Yeah, like if people are, people are thinking the roster's bloated, then I think to a degree it is. Uh, but I think people's like, people's criticism isn't even that the roster's bloated; it's just everyone wants their favorite wrestler to be in our title picture, hmm. and there's only so many wrestlers who can be. be in the- uh, I'm I'm more like I'd, I want them to be like doing stuff on TV. Yeah, but that's easier when you've... I mean, it's, you can, you can insta-build a feud around the title, can't you? So, yeah, yeah. more titles you've got, the more insta-feuds you've got. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think they just need... Especially with the emphasis that AW puts on tag team action, and especially multi-man matches. They even started calling six-man tag matches, trios matches. Yeah, that's true. So they've, they've laid all the groundwork. They've done, they've done the hard work. They've got into our heads. They've got the roster for it. I think all they need to do now is just do the tournament. And all they need to do is just say, yeah, we're doing a tournament. And you can yeah. have, like, all your, all your best teams. You know, because you can have anyone. You can have a Jurassic they Express. Can, they you can, can bring have... in, like, trios from other companies as well. Yeah. Well, do, it just... like, do it literally like Shikara's King of Trios tournament. Oh, just, I mean, if, if that, yeah. If you call it King of Trios and, like, Tony Khan just bought the rights or just gone over to um, Quack and Bush and beat him to the floor and stole off him. Um, yep. you're like King of Trios is mine now, bitch. Because I like, walked off. <laughs> I'd be up for that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it has absolutely 
almost certainly has to happen this year. Like, well, when I say this year, I mean within the next 365 days. Yeah. Or a very, very longest 18 months. Or at least well, be announced think... be announced in the next, like, 12 months. Mm. I think the issue is, like, with them having so many trios, now, now feels like the time for them to pull the trigger. But we said the same thing, like, within the first, like, couple of months of the company, like, starting. Yeah. Because they had that many trios. Like, th- there's been plenty of trios in AEW. Like, you've got Team Taz, you've got... Um, you, you could use Pinnacle, you could use the Death, Elite. Death Triangle, Jurassic Death Express, Triangle, Dark Jurassic Order. Dark Order. Um, Best Friends slash Chaos. Yeah. Uh, Undisputed, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves. Yeah. Aaron's so. favourite. And then like one last silly one from uh, from Aaron, getting to Kyle O'Reilly. Now that he's shaved his head, do we have to call Cumdums to Kyle? Good names now. Yes, yes we do. Yes. This is awesome. And he's not being fucked with anymore and he's going to be fine now. He's going to be... I well, I I said I said it said violent artist on his t-shirt, which was what is Ring of Honor when he was a solos guy. Was yeah. Ring of Honor, um, and yeah, it's interesting because Charlie Evans is the violence artist. Yeah, well, Charlie and Evans she, story to be confirmed, and she is much better than Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Charlie Evans is much better than most people to be fair. She's she's the best. Yeah. Um. And Eddie Kings is a massive mark for her as well. Yeah, and she's desperately trying to get that match with Eddie Kings and not the indie somewhere. Yeah. If if they put that Eddie Kings and Charlie Evans match at um the Hammerstein Ballroom GCW show, that'd be well, I'm put it in fucking Liverpool, put it at TNT. Do it cowards. Book it. I'll get on the yeah. get, get, I'll get on the phone to Jay and like, mate, fucking book it. Don't you basically own that company nowadays? <laughs> I, <wish. laughs> I don't I don't have a I don't have Booking privileges, sadly. Otherwise, Eddie Kings would be on every card. Um, right then, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, yeah, no that'll be questions. our last show. That'll be our last show for Christmas. Uh, we will be back um, in, be- in the in between that the nether region, the nether zone between Christmas and New Year, where I don't never know what day it is, and all I do is seem, seem to do is eat cheese. So we'll um, we'll be back during that period with another AW review, and there'll also be some end of year shenanigans from us as well. So we'll keep an eye on End of year awards that'll probably be getting announced on Twitter tomorrow. Troy seems to think. Um, Fair. And we'll also be doing. Um, oh shit! What was the other thing you said? Oh yeah, big big fat quiz of the year. We'll be putting yeah. details of that on on Twitter. If you want to join us over there, you can follow us there at Untitled Respod Discord, Untitled Respod, and Twitch, Untitled Respod. And follow us, Untitled Wrestling Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and the other one. What was the other one, Tasty? YouTube. YouTube. Join the Discord as well. Untitled Wrestling Yes, join the Discord. You, um, if you join the Discord, you can be part of Quiz and our Saturday Night Game. Yeah. So do have a lovely Christmas if you listen to this in good time. Stay safe. Uh, have a wonderful new year. We'll see you all very soon. Thank you for spending time with us. And as always, take care, enjoy wrestling, and we'll see you all later. Ta-ra. Bye. No jokes to speak because Aaron's on here. Brilliant. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>